G'day everybody, welcome to this Origin Eve edition of the Backpage Live. Uh, let's get straight into it with Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock who will be wearing the blue wig next week if New South <laughs> Wales wins. Good luck my friend. And over this side, Adam Spencer alongside the man with 14 State of Origins under his belt, Thank Wendell Saladell. Good to see you buddy. Great to be here mate, great time of the year and it's about the only time you miss playing uh, rugby league at any sort of level. Yeah. I'm finding it hard already to take you seriously with the moustache, but anyway, we'll get, <laughs> get back to... There's nothing to... wrong with it. We <laughs> point out, Tony, Strictly, Dell and I have played 14 State of Origin games between, between us. you. Yeah. yeah. And one I, try. I stand corrected. We're going to get to State of Origin uh, in all its glory very, very shortly. But first, Jeff Horn has won the welterweight world title again, this time without having to get punched in the head even once. Yes, the WBR review of the scoring and with five independent judges had Horn winning seven rounds to five. This is total vindication crash, isn't it? Oh, of the sweetest kind, Tony, because what about all those blowhard uh, American judges yep. and journos who said this is a disgrace, it's torn at the integrity of boxing? Well, in a funny sort of way, this bout actually restores a bit of faith in boxing because mm. all eight judges saw it the same way. And, and so they've just reinforced what the first panel said. So I, I reckon... I know people in Queensland who are happier about this result than they would be about a Queensland win tomorrow night. And oh, come on. Oh, oh, that will do me, mate. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm happy for Jeff Horn because, look, I didn't think he could beat Manny Pacquiao. Like, I've been a boxing fan for a long time. Um, you I'm were a... there supporting Manny Pacquiao, I'll be honest. I was there supporting a great event, Suncorp Stadium. <laughs> um, and I, know, I must admit, after 12 rounds, I thought... Pac-Man did enough to win, but when you get guys like Joseph Parker, and I heard Paul Kell and Triple M break it down, you go back, you're caught up in the, the hype of Manny Pacquiao, but Jeff wanted to go 12 rounds and, uh, and to fight like he did, because in the ninth round, the judge said to him, you've got to show me something, otherwise I'm going to call it. But what about the Pac-Man encouraging this review of the score? It's interesting, he's done it once before, in fact, back in 2012, he had a, a, a match re-scored and the judges said, yeah, look, they probably got it wrong. This time he's asked for it again. I just say 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. And if he wants another recount, we'll have another recount anywhere in the world, anytime you want, Pac-Man. <laughs> Let's recount it again next week. Let's recount it the week after that and recount it again. It, it is serious. I mean, what does it mean now for a rematch? Will we get a rematch? And is yep. where's Manny's heart at? Is, is his heart in it? That's the big question. That's where we are right now. And we'll know within a month... Where does this leave? What's he really thinking? Is he thinking, you know what, that kid just got me. Yeah. And I'm just not what I was. That would be one option. The other one could be, I should have won that fight. I want him again. But we'll find out what Manny really yeah. thought about the result in a month when he has to make a decision on a rematch. Horn was, of course, uh, heading to Los Angeles for the ESPY Awards, where plenty of his critics will be hanging out. Now, naturally, he was happy with the result of the recount. To win the fight and to, to think that you've won the fight and then to everyone go go after you saying, oh, no, you didn't win the fight. and mm. it, It's it's frustrating, but then to have this finally make makes it a lot more easier to go over to the US. Looks like he hasn't even been hit. Well, mate, I just can't <laughs> believe he's a schoolteacher. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> mate, if you're giving your schoolteacher a bit of crap, mate, like... <laughs> Just, you know, you well, he's a PE so, teacher, so yeah. next time he says drop yeah. and give me 20, those kids will drop yeah. and give him 20. But then, like, he got paid seven, 800000 I think um, Pac-Man got paid 10 mil. So I reckon his ego would be Pac-Man is, I underestimated him, I didn't train as hard as I wanted to. I was on my phone at the press conference. I, I want to get a bit back. And I've got to say, that crowd at Suncorp Stadium... Mate, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. If you thought, though, that ringside ESPN commentator Teddy Atlas was angry last week, check out his reaction to the recount. They gave a trophy, a win, a huge win to Horn, the local kid, for trying hard. 
You're not supposed to get it for trying hard. You're supposed to get it for winning. <laughs> it's a great coming. story. It's, I mean, I, look, honestly, you could make a movie you, about what, it. You want them to. I do. You want a too. movie. Well, I went back and read about the Cinderella Man, Jim Braddock, the yeah. other day. Mm. I think this is a better story. I, I really do. Because, and there's so many little parts to it. Like, I like the one when he turned up to the Queensland Amateur Titles for the first time and everyone else had their protein packs. He said, oh, I didn't know you bring food to box. He'd never <laughs> done it before. So he... Gets a packet of twisties. Yeah. It was sitting there ringside. Everyone's looking at. How about this bloke? Seriously, what's he on about eating a packet of twisties before oh, a fight? I mean, Crash is already riding the I love it. Yeah, and beautiful. why he took up boxing? Wasn't he bullied as a kid? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a great story. Uh, look, still with fighting. Uh, even sideline brawls in football deserve a soundtrack. Uh, fans in this Argentinian game were quick to break out the Rocky theme. Makes fights. Yeah, they all run up the town hall steps. Yeah, exactly on the arm right. Great stuff. All right, well, here we go again. State of Origin 3, New South Wales versus the rest of Australia. Mm. Uh, Wendell Saylor, look at me in the eyes. Yeah. Uh, I've known you for a very long time, we so have. I'll know if you're not telling me the truth. Look at me, look at me, yeah. look at me. Yeah. Is Queensland going to win tomorrow night? I hope so, but I'm very nervous. I'm nervous. I've tipped Queensland by four. But with the New South Wales forwards and their bench, uh, I'm very nervous because we know the first game, 28 to 4, Queenslanders were leaving after the 60 65 minute mark. Look at the smile coming on no, you. I'm very nervous, mate. There's no Inglis, no Thurston. Mate, I just got We haven't got Joey Johns. Oh, we don't need <laughs> I think I think you've got a good enough team to win it. I think for 70 minutes in that second game, it was yours, and then you found a way to lose it. I think, I know, win, I've yeah. got some interesting footage. I think you're yeah. like, I know you all, as our body language expert, uh, you'll love this. The Blues captain's run today was an absolute love fest. Check it out. It's just like Woodstock. Oh, There's dude. Richard oh, wow. Dukes. I love Richard you, bro. Yeah. Love you, this. too, bro. Hey, buddy, look yeah. at this. Just so so, yeah. In the background there, Blake Ferguson. Nice uh, beanie, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson yeah. Frizzell. Oh, yeah. it is a love fest. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. That's, that's, that's 2017. That's where we're going. I love that. It's a sign of the times. That reminds me of those tennis players who, when they lose six points in a row between every one of them they touch hands yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like <laughs> like really honestly well you don't like that no I just think I'm not overreading it like you say that's a team that's bonding I'm not so sure mm. what what do you believe it is then Oh, I just think a team that maybe needs a cuddle. They're a bit nervous and, you know. Well, they know they tighten up in the second game, you know. <laughs> Are there any, any, any Queenslanders used to particularly bro-bond with in, in camp or during yeah, the game? Yeah, or is yeah. he closest, mate? Alan Lang, I used to love hanging around Alan You Lang. and Alfie? Oh, mate, yeah. I just... He was like my idol and then whatever Alf wanted to do, I was going with him. I was like that little puppy dog. <laughs> that is just the odd camp. couple, isn't it? Yeah. You and Alfie, yeah. I love yeah. it. Twins. Twins. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dell yeah. and <laughs> Let's pitch that movie up. Yeah. It's a remake of Twins. Uh, much tougher love in the Queensland Origin camp. Have a little look at this. Uh, what's going on? Oh. See, that's not friendly. Is that Gavin just, Cooper and yeah, Cohen Hess? Just, just, just reflexes. <laughs> just make sure your reflexes are on young bull. The thing about what's gone on, a lot of people have complained about a lack of hate between the two sides. And I guess that the tension within the build-up... Now, we tried to look, because both uh, Kevin Walters and Laurie Daly had press conferences today. We went through them, and honestly, they didn't say anything that was going to mm. rile their opponents, which has been the nature of the entire campaign. Is that a problem really, Kel? Uh, I don't think it's a problem. I mean, in the past, you know, a lot of it's been manufactured and we yeah. love as fans, you know, the hoo-ha and the hype and all that sort of stuff and sure, it builds momentum. 
but I would rather see a compelling contest on the field. Yeah. And let's face it, they've shown a lot of respect yeah. for each other this series. But when they cross that white line, they're not going to be out there kissing and cuddling like we're seeing in what they're doing no, in training. I think it started in the, in the Australian team with Mel Meninga yeah. saying to him, leave your state loyalties at the door. And guys like Aaron Woods get on really well now with some of the Queenslanders. But Walters and Daly are two of the best things that rugby league has got going for them. I mean, Laurie Daly, seriously, on NRL 360, the night after last yeah. loss, he yeah. was magnificent. And mm. they're both similar backgrounds. They're both from big families and unspoiled. Really, oh, honestly, what they do for league is great. Can I just say, Tony, I used to like the, the, the coaches' press conference of about eight, ten years ago when they weren't allowed to encourage violence, but they'd say, look, we're going to play fair, but we're, we're a very tough team. And if they, are, if they try and start something... Oh, we'll give it back, don't you worry. Because they're always saying, yeah. trust me, guys, first scrum, it's yeah. on for young girls. You'll get your yeah. punch and don't worry. That's more Tom Adonica's style. I think Mark Carroll tells a few of those stories. Yeah. But, I mean, when you go in the dressing room after the game, mate, there's some carnage here. This game's gone to a whole new level now. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. brutal. Oh. It's brutal. Mate, yeah. But the hate doesn't matter. I mean, they dislike each other's jersey. That's enough. They can like each other as, as humans, well, surely. Yeah, well, when you're growing up, Queensland, you said, wow, there's a real hatred there. You know, when I came through, um, I used to enjoy watching a player like Bradley Clyde and... and you know, thought he's an absolute gentleman. And on the field in Origin, I toured with him for Australia. And on the field, he was just like, he should just give it to me. I'm going, mate, you're not the Bradley Clyde that I look up to. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> just, you, you leave it at the door and it's just, mate, you don't need... I, I know for us that work in the media, we'd love a few more headlines and stuff. But let me tell you, those players know what's... Well, put it yeah. this way. For years, it was we hate them, we hate yeah. them. Yeah. And then it was quite one-sided, so the results on the field. Yeah. What would you yeah. rather? Or not that much niggle in the lead-up, yeah. but an absolutely compelling <laughs> yep. contest. And, and that's what we're getting this and year. And for Fida and Josh Maguire... These two, I can't wait because they're going to go at it so hard. There had to be, of course, a dramatic ankle roll at some point in the preparation. <laughs> this time it was Billy Slater oh. at training. Off he went. He, of course, is a certain starter, was always going to be. I think he turned up at the captain's run today, Del. Yeah. He, would, he would play with a stake in his heart and his head severed from his body. If he had <laughs> I would not be worried about an ankle roll for Billy Slater. At this well, well, how he did it was, mate, he would have ran back a million times, but as against the 20s year post session, he was running back into position and he rolled his ankle. So, a bit like Nadal. Um, that we saw yesterday, um, yeah. it happens to the best of them. Yeah. What are Cam Smith's stats for this game? For the, in fact, the first two Origin games, like he had two runs for a total of eight metres. Yeah. Eight metres gain over that uh, the two, which is quite amazing. I did. I look. The great thing is he, he's obviously uh, working. See, so there's Captain's knock. He's, he's getting ready. He's yeah. working. I can show you exclusive. This is the most metres uh, Cameron Smith has made in this Origin campaign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uphill. 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 Should be a movie made about him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but who knows, maybe next week's show. But, but look, a different sort of kid, but they love his confidence. Yeah. Really tough. And we've got a lovely little story going in tomorrow by Travis Mayne about he was with a, a group of kids in his house and they all said, yeah, we're good rugby league meat, aren't we? We're, we're good. So they all got a tattoo of a steak put on their hip. <laughs> Only in rugby league, I love it. A steak? <laughs> who yeah. has a steak tattooed on their hip? Yeah. So he's a bit different, but Wendell... 
Yeah. Uh, you're happy with him at 5'8", yeah. and Morgan at centre, aren't you? Well, you? You don't mind that? Well, the last couple of days, I think I said on our Saturday show that I, I wish that Michael Morgan got the 5'8 position yeah. because I think he's waited a long time for it. And if you think about it, in the grand final, his flick pass... Yeah, he's obviously, produced in that yeah, big game. That last pass to Dane Gagai was yeah. him. And also the cross-kick to Kyle Fell a couple weeks ago. He's earned the right to be there. I think he played for Australia at six. But I understand why they want him in the spine. And also, I think when he debuted for Q Cup for Mackay Cutters, I think Michael Morgan scored three tries. And there was, I think, Lachlan Moreno and um, Dale Copley played on the other side. So he's he can play he'll, he'll play yeah. good. Yeah. And once will do a good job. Yeah. He's a footballer. He's like Jack Bird. Yeah. Wherever you put him on the field, yep. he'll yeah. do the job. Yeah, right. The Blues were happy to be back in their camp in Kingscliff uh, with all the good memories, obviously, from Origin 1, which they went on to win. Great uh, idea to have players permanently leashed to responsible adults in a new anti-atrocity measure <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're going nowhere, son. Stay with me. Just brilliant idea from the NRL. Wouldn't it stop you, Wendell, hey? <laughs> oh, man, I was very strong, but anyway, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get back to more origin with Peter Wynn when he joins us. Uh, but what a way for Josh Reynolds to say goodbye oh. to Belmore as a Bulldog. Amazing, dramatic win over the Knights. Uh, look at this. Montoya, look at a, a great try there. They were down 18-8 with just minutes to go. Rob Brockland puts the kick in. Moses Mbai goes down. There's Josh celebrating already. Uh, Absolutely phenomenal. Then there was a, a second siren that was sound AFL style. The crowd came on and that gave us those great pictures with him being chaired from the field. Wonderful. Great to see. Uh, Josh almost, I don't know if you saw this, he almost rained on his own Went parade. Went close, didn't he? Yeah, really? giving away a penalty that gave the Knights a kick oh, to win. That was from Brock Lamb. There we go. In the final. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, Why even yeah, bother throwing yeah, your hands up after that? That's, oh. that's me teeing off there, low and left. Now, the interesting story here was because Trent Hodgkinson yeah. Yeah, said that he, he thought the kick was from further out, so yes. he'd let this guy have it. Yeah. Then realised at the last second it was a lot closer than he thought, maybe I should take it, and the thought flashed through his mind of, I won't do that because that could crush the kid's confidence. I'd mm. suggest the kid's confidence... Might. Talk a bit about crushing yeah. when he yeah. hatched that yeah. one a little bit wider. Unfortunate yeah. choice. I think we all learn a little bit, but Trent Hodgkinson, he's their big money sign. I know he's played a little bit of reserve go this year, but I think he should have stepped up. That's his moment. That's why you're He's done it in origin. 100% he is. He made it down that left side. He scored that try. And, you know, they're all Even if it's rats. 40 metres out, Mate, you, he's he the man who's got to go and, yeah. and stand up and do that. I just try. hope Newcastle can sort of hang on. There's a bit of cavalry yeah. arriving next year, isn't there? Yeah. And keep the faith in Nathan well, Brown. There's uh, something that'll... They'll get there, won't they? But, God, I swore that the other yeah. right. You couldn't believe it. Nathan you Brown's, couldn't lose a game from there. Nathan Brown and also uh, Matt Gilly, they're doing a good job there. They're recruiting. Obviously, they've lost Dane Gagai, and that's not their fault. But it happens. But they've got some really good players coming through that system. Yeah. Look, it is also good just to see Josh Reynolds. It's so bizarre, isn't it? He's going to another club next year, and there he is being celebrated by his home crowd. That's wonderful. But that kick, Brock Lamb, he was obviously devastated, missing that penalty. He should know he's not alone. So he put together this little compilation oh. of pathetic goal kicks in rugby league just for you, Brock. First up, uh, look, he's a commentator here at Fox Sports. Uh, uh, Joel, Joel Kane, that is terrific back in 2000. Uh, look, he always has to limp after you've done that. Oh, yeah, really hurt my foot. Love you, Joel. Matt Orford goes for the same idea. Uh, kicks yeah. to the right there, stubs his toe. Oh, yeah, very, very sore. Sean Timmons, I'm not sure why he's kicking mm. left-footed. Oh, it's so bad. Right. One of the touch judges puts touch his flag, flag up. Yeah, look. Love you too much. Good work. Uh, a great man, Laurie Daly. Look, he wasn't renowned for his conversion attempts. Uh, this is for New South Wales. Oh! <laughs> obviously. They still won the game, bud. Yeah, it's still won. Yeah. The crowd was very happy. He tried to make amends for Australia. Oh, who was that? Oh, that Laurie Daly again. Yeah. Laurie Daly again. Oh, Laurie, I don't want to get him kicking away. Darren Lockyer. This is directly in front. Oh, his this. last international. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, good evening to you. It's it's late morning here in SW19. Well, it was a uh, you know a cracker, but the man's side needed that a little bit. And all the top seeds were going through in you know, a quite smoothly uh, up until really the Nadal Muller match. And uh, what a what a classic! It's just another example how you know from from speaking on behalf of Muller, when you really understand the surface and you've played a couple of tournaments before, you can really play against anybody. And he's a classical serving volley, almost old school type of grass court tennis and you know Rafa fought the best he could you know lost the first two sets and came back and was really you know I'm <laughs> nip and tuck on that fifth set and then finally Müller, Müller did seal his fifth match point. Yeah I knew he was uh, he put a smile on your face playing the serve volley. What about Novak Djokovic he plays a little bit later this evening how do you see that playing out? Well, he was supposed to come after the match <laughs> uh, last night, but obviously because of the length of the match and the fact that the number one court doesn't have a roof, he has to now come back this morning and actually they put him on centre court uh, because the weather today is a little bit, little bit dodgy, so they, they might expect rain around lunchtime, but they can close it. Now, it's not ideal for Novak, you know, every other m m uh, male player in the draw has a day off to recover. Uh, he has to play today and if he wins, he has to play again on Wednesday. Boris, you've hit with Bernie Tomic before. You, you know him. It's sort of reached the, the tipping point with him where his talents become a real burden on him. If you were his coach, what advice would you be giving Bernie Tomic right now? Well, we've been talking a lot about uh, Bernie Tomic and, and, and Nick and, uh, in the first week. Um, well, he, he obviously admitted that he doesn't like tennis uh, at the moment, or he almost said anymore, so he should take a break. He should really... Uh, uh, take a break, uh, reconsider his professional life. Uh, you know, he's only 24 years old, or young for that matter, and he should, uh, you know, find a way to, you know, to get the enjoyment back into his, you know, tennis. Maybe even in his life, because he, you know, he maybe has, he's mentally struggling with with uh, the trials of tribulation of being a tennis professional now already for seven or eight years. So, you know, take a break, Bernie. Take it easy. Don't get into trouble uh, and, and, and find the right reason for you to come back to play tennis. Well, can I follow that up with Boris? Because you obviously led Novak Djokovic for so long. Initially, many thought it wouldn't work and you got him so hungry and focused. Do you want to coach again? And would you, if Bernie Tomic and his dad came to you, would you consider doing that? Well, I, I'm, I'm not lining up uh, uh, for the job. Uh, trust me, I'm very happy working for you guys and, and you know, working for the BBC. 
Um, but uh, ultimately with a player, is it doesn't matter who is going to coach him if a player doesn't want to work, if a decent player is not disciplined, if, it doesn't, if a player lost the, the motivation and the inspiration a little bit, you know, and anybody, anybody couldn't coach a Bernard Tomic. It's really ultimately up, up to him whether he wants to come back, he wants to improve, he wants to bet himself, then he's a, he's a great talent and he's a good player. Boom Boom, can I take you to the women's side of the draw? Last week on this show, we saw Venus Williams in tears dealing with that motor crash and just at the beginning of the tournament. She's now through to the quarterfinals. How do you see the women's draw playing out from here? Well, thankfully, you didn't ask me who the favourite is because I actually I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I call all eight players, all eight ladies left in the tournament favourites. But Venus Venus looked strong uh, yesterday in, in, a, in a you know pretty comfortable win on Santa Court against Anna Konyu. Uh, she's after all the five-time Wimbledon champion. Uh, uh, she did reach the Australian Open final, losing to her younger sister in January. So, you know, people have overlooked her a little bit because of her age. You know, she's 37 years young, but she's very experienced and she's mentally very, very um, uh, you know, experienced and, and, and weathered. You know, she, she's done everything in tennis. So, you know, people should start, start to notice a little bit that there is a former champion, uh, possibly a new champion. Boris, we like the way that John McEnroe stirs the pot and he recently said that the number 700 man in the world could beat Serena Williams. Did you agree with him? That means no. Well, I'm not going to help John McEnroe stir his pot even more. Um, I, I think you can't compare apples and oranges. You know, it's very difficult because it's a different game you know, with different people. So I'm not going to give you more than that. <laughs> we apologise for the music. Uh, John McEnroe was playing DJ in the background. Morris <laughs> Becker, lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. We look forward to hearing and seeing you more on our commentary. Thanks so much. Thank you, boss. Thanks for having me. And don't forget, Boris Becker and the Fox Sports team has exclusive coverage of Novak Djokovic's round of 16 match. Uh, starts at 9pm this evening. You can catch all of the action on Channel 505, starting with the, uh, starting the Daily Surf at 8.30. I like the three-second time delay there, because yep. that, that was like... <coughs> that was a clay court version of an interview. It was. You hit the, que you hit the shot, you love the question. Yeah. had a couple of seconds to get across, <laughs> slice it back delicately. The rallies went much longer, I exactly. thought. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrific. I had one question asking, but I didn't get there. So. Yeah, well, Just well, as well. Let's move oh, on. Yeah, let's we won't get there. <laughs> little wonder, little wonder. We saw that Rafa, he didn't go down. Little one, he was two sets to love down before it got going. This was him waiting to go on the court. You see in the back. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Straight up into the roof. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. That was rugby league. He wouldn't have been allowed. He would have done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah 100%. Exactly. <laughs> out. Now, gee, that was a classic game of tennis. All right, Bernard Tomek, as we mentioned there. He hasn't taken a step back, though, from that rant, original one. He's had a crack at Aussie fans who were obviously jealous of his immense wealth. Your losers hate me because I'm rich. You can dream about your dream house, your dream car. I go out and buy them. Done himself no favours. Yeah, I'm, I'm, earlier, when he said that, I'm bored, I'm struggling to be interested, I, I had a bit of sympathy with yeah. that. That's, that's honest, Same. that's real. Yeah. When you cross the line and start doing, you wankers don't know what it's like to be as awesomely rich as I am, mm. yep. you go from being someone who's a good backhand to someone who's a bit of a wanker yep. and really needs to have a good, long, hard look at himself. If, if that's what he thinks, I don't know if he's saying it to be provocative, but that's genuinely the way you think about people who yeah. pay their money to watch you play so that you can buy your fancy cars being a pretty average tennis player by the world standards, have a good, long, hard look at yourself. Well, I, gonna... And I understand that too, because, like, not, not him, but 
you know, sometimes you get caught up in being professional. I came as an 18-year-old, Super League came in, and I sort of I got carried away a bit. Being out of the game for a couple of years, you, you learn to appreciate it. So when I came back, you know, not just, I suppose, the money, but just the position that you, that you get yeah. from playing sport. Yeah, and I think you've got to understand with Bernie Tomek, and I'm yeah. not defending him in the no. slightest, but he's a product of his own environment and his controlling father that put him on a tennis court at mm. a very early age. He yep. never really has had much choice when it comes to his career. Yep. He hasn't showed much enthusiasm and passion for it. I'm not sure he actually he likes, likes it. You don't it. think it's the opposite, do you? You don't think... You know when a bloke says he doesn't care, it's normally a sign that he really he does. does yeah. I'm just wondering whether he's frustrated at knowing he's just not going to be the player he thought he was. Like, he's got to 17, but he reckons, oh, I've used 50% of my potential. Maybe that's all he's no, got. No, I, Maybe I, he's I, done. I completely yeah. think it's the other way around. I think Nick Kyrgios and Bernie Tomic have got to top 50... Yep. without even really trying. Yeah. And that's the most disappointing fact of it, is that they've got so much... But I reckon he it. laid it all on the table last year, Tom. I like that idea, though, Crash. The fact that he says he doesn't like it means he really, really does. Like yeah. boyfriend, girlfriend in primary school. No, but I'm going to I'd find a copy of Andre Agassi's open. I'd get him yeah. to read that yeah. and realise that when Agassi came back with love for the game, he was ten times better. All right, Gal Monfils uh, is an absolute entertainer. Uh, look at this winner. This is great. He, he could just go straight and play the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> 360. Oh, that's my sort of man. I love that. Yeah. 360. Just yeah. yeah. Look, and oh, round yeah. for no apparent reason. Oh, and it's a winner. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love watching him play. What about uh, Grigor Dimitrov? Uh, he's had two great winners against uh, Marcus Bagdadis. He's since been beaten by the fair. But this is baby fed, isn't it? Yep. This is the little trick shot there. I think he thought it was going out. Uh, we can, as we can see here. And in it drops, which is perfect. And then, of course, he does this. Oh, my oh. That is sensational. Baby Fed did face up with Big yeah, Fed Daddy and got Fed. absolutely hammered. <laughs> Bench Roger Federer is still there. All right, still to come, Peter Wynn joins us to relive some blues glory. All the drama from a big weekend in the AFL. Plus, we attempt to prove that Phil Mickelson is the most dangerous player in the history of golf. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in touch with the eight. This is a big result, whichever way it goes. McAvoy knocks it down. Scully with a fumble, though. Burgoyne, an important knock on. Ward is up from diving on the football. Perryman in there as well. Ward gets back to his feet. Squeeze to kick out. Langford. Langford snaps to goal. Well, smart, isn't it? Missed by that much. Don't let me down, down, down. Yeah, top spin. What a great finish to a great game of footy. GWS, two draws in successive weeks. Quite amazing for them. Sets up, doesn't it, nicely for Saturday night. GWS v the Swans, who, as yeah. Kelly has told us, cannot make the eight. Nope. Still cannot make the eight? Can't make really? the eight. Can't make the eight? Yep. Oh, I love Boy. it. All right, look, uh, well played to Luke Hodge. I'm saying that right now. Announcing he'll finish at the end of the year. What a record uh, for the Hawks, Captain. Four premierships, two Norm Smiths from there, three All-Australians, mm. plays his 300th 
on Saturday? Oh, I would go as far to say my favourite player to watch live in the last decade. Ooh. He's just Ooh, so wow. tough. He's got such presence on a field. He's got such leadership. And you don't like the glamorous players then? No, I mean, Buddy's up there. I mean, yeah. That's pretty obvious that you and Adam Spencer are going to say Buddy Franklin. But, mm -hmm. no, I like the tough players. And mm. it, just such leadership. And it's really unfair probably to, to compare codes, I guess, Wendell. Yeah. But you, we saw Nick Kyrgios battle through injury at Wimbledon the other week. Yep. But we've seen... I, I love watching athletes battle through the mental wars. JT playing Origin with an arm hanging off, basically. Yep. Luke Hodge has done that so many times in finals, hurt his knee, gone out back on and played, played with broken ribs. Just mm. that mental toughness, extraordinary. I probably didn't realise um, until I, I probably saw Luke Hodge up front, it was that greatest athlete show and there wasn't much of him. And I'm thinking, this is Luke Hodge. And in that series, mate, he was so good in everything he was. He's one of those blokes who you want to have a beer with and you want yeah. to sort of be around, and he's a, yep. he's a, a leader of men. Yep, and that's the two Norm Smith medalists, yep. I think, and even if you follow rugby league or whatever, mate, this guy and Joel Showard, uh, they're two of my favourites. And I'm quite happy to say, as a diehard Swans fan, that Luke Hodge, serviceable player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Buckley uh, <laughs> might be retiring at the end of the season too. That's how long he's been given by Collingwood to prove he deserves another go around as coach. He knows he's got some work to do. Performance is king, so yeah, we need to um, back up our words, whether it's players or coaches or the club in general. You know, we need to back up our words. You don't, you don't get any pats on the back for talking about things. You get pats on the back for actually doing it. So, performance is all that really matters for me and for us. He wins seven games. Does he stay or does he go? If he wins seven games, uh, no, I think he... We, we've said it all along here all year that he was probably in trouble, but they would never do anything until the end of the season. And um, the fact is, no matter how much you like him and respect him, that, the numbers don't lie. Six years and they've gone backwards every year. So it, it's just a matter of time, I think, um, for Nathan Buckley crash. Kel, where's it gone wrong? As in, great communicator, <coughs> great footballer, well-respected you know, solid citizen, there's a disconnect somewhere. And you mentioned uh, recently about a complexity of the game plan. Is it too heavy? Has he overcooked it? Well, I mean, you talk to different people. Um, you know, I think initially he was brought in to, to clean up the culture of the club. And, that, and well done to him because he's been able to do that. But when it comes to coaching, the question mark is still there because the numbers, they don't lie. And there is some, you know, thought in the industry that maybe it is too complicated. When players maybe go back to the VFL, they get to it, you sort of enjoy the fun of footy again. But when you watch them, they are a disorganised team. So something yep. clearly isn't working. All right. Well, they can have fun for the next seven weeks, can't they? It's mm. uh, never a great look, is it, when players get into some argy-bargy with a fan hanging over the fence? Unless it's Michael O'Loughlin, of course. That was great. But yep. uh, <laughs> Melbourne have apologised for Clayton Oliver. Of his reaction to a sledge from a Carlton supporter. Look at that. I love this guy's face. Oh, look what he said. What he said to me. I'm just waiting for the last 15 minutes. He does react. He reacts on Twitter. He reacts everywhere, doesn't he, this boy? Well, I mean, he's only 19, so yeah. he is a boy. He's yeah. immature and he's, he's pretty fiery and he's going to be a great player, Wendell. But um, yeah. I think the club made him apologise, which was a bit embarrassing, but clearly... Did they make him... They apologised. I don't think they actually made him stand up and say no, anything. No, well, he had to come out publicly yesterday in front of the cameras and apologise and it was a little awkward and embarrassing oh, for him, no, but good. I think they're trying to teach him a lesson. Yeah, well, different players react differently. Like, I didn't mind engaging the crowd, you know. It's, mate... You, really? Well, well can, I, can I stop you right there? Can yeah. I stop you right there, Wendell? <laughs> because yeah. uh, your interaction here, I yeah. see, was, was much more subtle. Uh, you're playing for the Dragons. You're going around, pick up the ball. Yeah. And this is a nice way to be closer here. Yeah, I just, I just let him know it was a great catch. And I just say, how are you going, guys, and that, like... But why? <laughs> was there a, a precursor to that? Oh, 
were just heckling me all day, and because I had white pants on, they were telling me my ass looked bigger than my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a big ass, and they're white pants. What do you expect? <laughs> but I love the Warriors pants. So Did they get to you much when no, like no, crowds no. ever? Like the only crowd that sort of probably got to me was when I went back um, and played for the Waratahs against the Reds. And then there was, you know, all that, and you know, Wendell's a wanker, and then I had to start joining in. 40,000 people singing that song. That's the only time, being Queenslander, going back there, and those Reds fans that were all cheering for me yeah. were all booing me. But anyway, I just, I didn't take them on board, you know. North Melbourne's Sean Higgins has had mixed fortunes with the dribble goal. Uh, this one, though, at the weekend, this is pure genius. I loved it. Jason Dunstall commentating liked it, and when you know how much Dunstall hates the dribble kick, <laughs> if he says that was anything other than you should never play again, you've done well. Wow. That, was that was unbelievable. That's gone 40 metres before it rolls. Just Brent Harvey was in the commentary box with me, Adam, and said he didn't mean it at all. So there you go. He said he did not mean that. <laughs> well, look, great. Speaking of genius, Dermot Brereton, he's still got it. Look at this. He, he's... They're working in commentary, uh, throws the ball, go and have a kick, grabs the kick and pops it straight That is great, isn't it? Yeah. They would have been hearing about that around the corridors all week, wouldn't they? you never lose. You get a bit fatter and slower and older and all that, but you never lose. What do you think of Dermy's bum there? A little bit on the chubby side? But it happens when we get a bit older. You know what it's like. Put him in a white suit. The cricket pay dispute has reached the highest levels now with the Prime Ministers of Australia and Britain weighing in. Have a listen. Australians want their team on the field, beating the Poms. So I encourage both sides, both sides to settle it as quickly as possible. We always welcome every opportunity to uh, play the Australians at cricket and to show them a thing or two. And uh, as our women have just done... There you go. It's reached the top. Yeah. Good or bad? L good. Normally, when you hear a politician comment on cricket like that, I mm. say, can you just butt out? I'm really happy to see him applying the pressure, Tony. And that is a sad statement on how bad it's got. It really has. I mean, the more pressure, the better. I understand there are crucial talks going on as we speak. This is a big week right now. It could go both ways. There could be a little breakthrough, or if there's no breakthrough, it could be sentenced to more months of misery. But when Greg Hunt, the federal sports minister, said a few months ago... Maybe the government should intervene. I remember thinking, oh, for goodness sakes. Right now, yep. I think it's not the worst option I've heard. So because they it means the, something. They are at the table. They yeah, are talking. Th they're talking and, and really struggling to find common ground. But it is a start. Mm. You know, there's a long way to go. As I said last week, I'm really disappointed in both of them. OK, what about the side issues that seem to be happening now? Mitchell Stark, the announcement of mm. him in, with, in terms of car sponsorships. Do you like this idea? Yeah, the, yeah, some people are saying that Mitchell Stark can't take on a car sponsorship when he's not being paid. And I, I, I used to be at the... ABC, where obviously we couldn't endorse any product. So I just want to take this chance to say, the latest Audi coupe. <laughs> Two litre, 0 to 100 in 5.3 seconds. Well, turbo charge, 6.1 litres per kilometre in highway mode. Why would you not back it, Mr. Stark? Great choice. And I believe, I think Usman Kawaj is getting a ball with Mercedes. Yeah. Have you seen the latest C-Class sedan? <laughs> the way they handle going into corners has to be driven to be believed, ladies and gentlemen. Good on you, Mitchell. Good on you, Usman. <laughs> is there anything wrong? Obviously, Toyota is the main sponsor with yeah. in Australia, so that, you know, they noses might be out of joint. But what's wrong with these guys getting some cash wherever they can? Well, put it this way, it's a sign. Yeah. The first sign Cricket Australia's lost control of the players, mm. isn't it? They, they've signed... And I remember years ago, Adam Gilchrist had an Audi sponsorship, I think, when Cricket Australia was someone else, and it just sort of worked. But, yeah, oh, look, there's various strands to this. I had a couple of emails from mates who have saw Usman's sort of commercial there and saying, gee, they're not doing too bad, mate. 
and, and there is that. Yeah. I think you've got to be careful how much mm. you flaunt it. Yeah. I really do. Joe Public sees that and he goes, who hasn't had a pay rise for a few years. But, look, it's a complex debate. All right, then. Uh, it hasn't been a lot to get excited about in Aussie rugby lately, but across the ditch, the drawn series between the All Blacks and British and Irish mm. Lions was awesome. Controversial at the end. I'm not sure how... It turn over a penalty, go up to TMO, he says, yes, the penalty for offside is OK, which would have given the All Blacks the opportunity to win. Uh, the referee decided to uh, change it, and it ends in a draw, which means the series is drawn, Wendell. Yeah, well, look, I think um, mate, the All Blacks usually get those home hometown decisions, you know, at Eden Park. Um, I know when they won the World Cup there, 2011, I think, um, France outplayed them, but they got a few decisions got them home. In this, it was an anti-climax, you know, I, I just... I know it was. I had three three games, and you know, I think Sonny Bill, I think he turned that one in the second one when he got sent off. But I just would like to see extra time. What's I know the, it's a I, series. I just cannot believe people don't enjoy the notion of two teams drawing, no, so yeah. both sets of fans can go home disappointed. No. I've said it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Lions coach yeah. Warren Gatlin had to put up with the local newspapers yeah. calling him a clown early oh. in the tour. So he arrived at the post-game press conference. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that is so good. Yeah. Uh, Goes perfectly beautiful. with the tracksuit top and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Good well on done. We started that. that. Right, yeah. We had uh, Phil Anson here last week talking up the chances of Aussie uh, Richie Port in the Tour de France. Now Port lies in a hospital bed after this horrific oh. crash. Oh my goodness. 72 k's oh. an hour, if you don't mind. This just makes you sick in your stomach every time you see it. And he's had a curse with this tour because he's had such a great year, the puncture last year, and then these horrific injuries uh, this time round. And it, but why do they? Use, this is that. Is it Mont du Chat the descent? which they haven't used since the 70s. Yeah. Like, and I might do shut myself just watching that. <laughs> it's amazing that, they, why, that everybody knew that it was dangerous, yep. it was wet conditions. Yeah. And it's extraordinary that he could actually predict it. That yeah. stretch of road, almost yep. to the kilometre, saying, I'm nervous. This is yep. a few weeks ago. And, and it's like being nervous before a car crash, nominating the intersection. Like, yep. how kooky is that? his back wheel just locked. So it was something, yep. you know, not relatively huge in a sense. And then he said he knew he was in trouble. So. Danger doesn't just come from steep, slippery roads. It can come in the form of, I don't know, a stray umbrella at the Tour de France. There. Look at that. Why have you got your beach umbrella sitting up on the side of the road? It's a day, you know. He's trying to run and get it too, old mate. Exactly. That event sees it all. Dogs, devils, streakers, and now umbrellas. Everything. Phil Mickelson. One of the greats, but he, he can be a danger to golf galleries. Uh, his latest victim came at the uh, Greenbrier Classic, clunking this bloke uh, on the head. He's obviously all right. Uh, there he is sitting down. He gets the he gets the, the golf glove, which Phil has to give to him. Uh, does does a lot of it. He just is a little bit wayward, Phil Mickelson, isn't he? I know his his short game is absolutely brilliant, but off the tee, he's very dangerous, which. Leads, quite obviously, I know you're a golfer, you're going to love this. Golf. Leads to this week's top five reasons Phil Mickelson is a hazard for <laughs> golf fans. Uh, number five, look, we, we start with last year, and look, you guessed it, is a, a fan copying a full-blooded drive uh, to the head. There we go. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, oh, it's OK. He receives, uh, there it comes, bonk. The obligatory uh, signed glove comes to him, <laughs> shake of the hands. He just carries around. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. He's got about 30 of those in your bag, Adam. Uh, number four, if he's not hitting fans, he's gate crashing their hospitality tent. Oh, yeah, that's his uh, bad. Yeah, you've got to play it where it lies. There it goes. <laughs> Straight out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Love you, Phil. Hits a fan on the other oh, side of the green. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll pick a glass of champagne on the way out. Thanks, Phil. Number three. Uh, look, this lady caught one of Phil's golf balls in an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she later went on to lose her umbrella at the Tour de France. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah, and what are the odds? It's amazing. And there you go, Phil. Number two. 
Uh, this is another awkward one for Phil. This time, having to take relief from the man's shorts. Uh, <laughs> oh, my <no. laughs> uh, I'll give I'm you a glove. Still alive. I've got a signed glove for you. Uh, number one, uh, the poor volunteer. Oh, doesn't no, need to be heavy. Nearly no. loses his shorts. Oh! Watch the ball. That's the man. He goes bouncing. He gets out of the way, and down they come. Quiet, Only in America. He needs braces, that guy. Coming up, a man who played a big part in the Blues' first State of Origin win. Peter Wynn joins us next. Images from tomorrow night's oh. State of Origin. <laughs> 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 1985, New South Wales breakthrough origin win, led of course by Steve Mortimer, who we saw there, and this man, three premierships oh. to his oh. name, Mr. Oh. Peter oh. Wynn. Oh, your gift, okay, so uh, I'm looking at the right scarf on you there, mate. How about that? I love it. Because you know, if you don't score here, you'll never score. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. That was terrific. We saw that amazing footage there after Origin had begun in 1980. Finally, to have that breakthrough, you were clearly involved. In fact, you were man of the match in Game One. We saw there at a damp SCG. That was amazing. That footage there. Do you still love looking at that? Yeah, it brings back some great memories. I just know that um, Queensland had such a good run from 1980 right through to 1985, and then uh, Terry Fern was appointed as coach. Um, when the team was picked, we had our first meeting at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Terry just said, look, you've got a chance to do something no-one's done before. And I think that was the motivation for the whole series. We got away with the first game up in um, Queensland, and we come down for game two at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Full house, capacity house, and um, Terry called us into his room before the game and said, boys, here it is. All the doing up, everything that's happened, to now, it's up to you guys to perform. And in that game, what got me the most was that we led 12-0 and then Queensland came back and headed us 14-12. You looked around the blokes who you're playing with, you yeah. know, the Benny Elias, the Crusher Cleels, the Blocker Roaches, the Mortimer boys. Mate, we're on the same page. We knew we were going to win that game and then Brett Kinney scores that try and, and away we go. So win the series, you know, take the lead 2-0 and, uh, of course, the third game up in Brisbane wasn't as good a result as we'd hoped to be. But, yeah, that's what it was all about. The blokes were on the same page. We all want to win and we got the job done. 
Winnie, I've got to ask you, mate, um, as a Queenslander growing up in Serena there, I love guys like Gene Miles and Choppy Close, but big, strong outside backs. But Eric Gross Sr. for me, I got to play against Eric Gross Jr., but he was one of my idols, mate. How good was Eric Groth when, 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 he, when he wanted to be, you know? He's one of the great blokes of all time, yeah. Eric, as a player and as a, and as a bloke off the field. I, just, I played my first first grade game with Eric back in 1979. And he got the nickname Guru. You yeah. know why? Yeah, no, no. I'll tell you why he got the name Guru, because um, Jack Gibson was looking for an edge. And he got a, um, a guy to teach us how to do transcendental meditation. So Eric and I did... Transcendental meditation again. No, so Guru no. picked up the nickname Guru. <laughs> and I'm still doing it. We may have to talk about it now. Yeah. But that was just something that I think it was uh, the New York Giants, one of the teams over in America had. I think this is a Guru animation. doing some of his transcendental oh, mate, meditation so uh, on the wing. <laughs> oh, there is the Guru. But look at that back line Sterling, yeah. Growth, Ella, Cronin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kenny. Zip Zip Man, yeah. Look at that. That is, is that Steve Edge? Steve Edge. Steve Edge. Steve Edge. And that's yeah. Peter Winner. You, you could find a camera, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's when hair was in fashion too, I guess. Hair's overrated, mate. Pete, it is stunning though, isn't it? Like, 1986, that grand final, and not one since for the Eels. And you think of, you know, what a famous nursery it's been, what a famous club it is, 31 years and counting. Does that shock you? It probably does. We had a couple of opportunities along the way, probably 97, 99, 2001, uh, 2005, but just not quite there. Um, our ret retention has been good, but those big games to get to, um, mate, they're hard to get there. They're hard. A lot of players don't get the opportunity to get to a grand final. I just know when we played 81, 82, 83 and, and 84 and 86, we are ready to play and we won four of those games. But you look at the, where Paramount's located now, you look at the resources they've got, I am disappointed. I think they've got a great nursery of young players. A lot of the good players get out of the, you know, get away from us, unfortunately. So you've got to have a good eye for a good head to be able to keep those players. And unfortunately, a few of the good ones have got away. Can I ask you, Peter, after your career, because you went, you as a senior respected figure in the game, you went onto the judiciary fairly quickly after you'd played. Would you have been sitting in judgment like against some of those of some of those guys you played Origin with? That question, there could be a few blokes here that now I might have suspended some. I might have put the head gear back What's on. What's that? Like? <laughs> yeah, it was probably a tough gig. I think I might have gone into two. I got a phone call from Ron Massey. He said, look, I think you're suited to this job. Do the job. And the next morning, John Quayle rang me. And there was a couple of different instances. The first case was probably Brent Todd. He had eyed blood. Oh, yes. Give him four weeks. That wasn't a real good start to my first yeah. appearance in the judiciary. But one that sticks out in my mind was uh, Benny Elias. I've got the store in Parramatta. And next door, there's a little um, fruit, uh, fruit store. So I'd walk down to the bank every morning and there were these two Lebanese guys there to throw me a banana or throw me an apple. Then he got sent off for uh, back chatting or something and he had an opportunity to, to apologise, but he didn't, so we gave him one week. He might have missed the State of Origin game from that, actually. Next morning, I walked down to the bank and these two Lebanese guys put their head down and spoke to me since. <laughs> Not so much many yeah, yeah. No food for you. No yeah. food. Now, you no. sell sports goods yes. these days. I own the famous sports store. Who are the best sellers over the years? How did Wendell's jersey oh, no. walk out the door? How many tries did you score? For no. oh, I was asked to ask that question. Is that a fair question? I think I only scored one, but it's just the way that I played through the middle. But anyway. <laughs> Enough about you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think probably in the early days when we first went into business, there was the guy, the names in the back of the jerseys, the, the Lewis for Queensland or the yeah. Sterling, the Eddinghausen, um, Lamb, Mortimer. But there's no-one really grabbing Jared that Hain? line like that. Jared Hain? Hain? Jared yeah, Hain's probably yeah. the bloke that been, yeah. was there for Parramatta and there for New South Wales. And yeah. a big moment for him tomorrow night. I expect yeah. a lot of things from him. OK, uh, and what are you expecting? Can they go and do that job at Suncorp Stadium? They played so brilliantly there in Game 1. Obviously, they got caught up. Uh, Queensland did it in Game 2. Well, a lot of the... Like, 
With every game, of course, it's usually one in the forwards. I think we've got yeah. the pack to do it. I like the big Fafita. I like Woodsy and I like Clamour. I think those guys advanced the ball. I just remember so many times that guys like Max Scott and Petro Sivansev just carved that ball up for Queensland in that great run that they've had. Yep. But I just think these front rows that we've got, I think they're going to be the difference with the halfbacks sniffing around. There'll be opportunities. And then Jared Hayne to pick a couple of tries about Roy. Did you get the love, Peter? When you There was a lot of love. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much love you reckon? Was when when you came in, did you, did you feel that? In your... um, well, my, the first experience playing for New South Wales in 1979, which is pre-origin, and I got picked. I was teaching, actually, at the time, and I think Les Boyd pulled out, so I got the phone call, Pete, you've got to get to the New South Wales Rugby League. I got down there. Kevin Humphries gave me my playing ticket. Got to Brisbane at about 8 o'clock at night, and I was room with Rod Reddy. So I went into the room and... Yeah, we got on quite well. Next morning we trained and we got to the game, played the game, but right on half-time in this particular match, Rocket got sent off for kneeing uh, Wayne Carr. I think mm. I said that right, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Wayne, yeah. <laughs> Wayne Carr. <laughs> so so he was back, uh, in the cha- back in the change room, back in the hotel room. So when we got back after the game... I went to get in my room with a key that was chained. <laughs> so I slept in the corridor the whole time. <laughs> no lunch for you. But he was a Queenslander. He was a Queenslander. <laughs> yeah. Lovely to talk to you. Thank it's you so fun, much. Man. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Yep. Thank win. you for having me. What a legend coming up. Our champ of the week. Good <laughs> work. Welcome back. Uh, Wendell's flight was cancelled last Friday in Brisbane because of fog. But the trots yeah. went on. The trots went on. The action invisible oh. to everyone but so the race oh. racing room. They're into the home straight now. They have less yes. than 200 metres to run. Captain charge over being headed now by Lexi Can White. Here's Magnuson charging from the clouds. <laughs> Literally, Magnuson from Lexi Can White. I live one kilometre from that course yeah. and I couldn't see 50 metres in front yeah. of me and Chris Barsby has called his way through that. How good is it to give a rap to race callers who get criticised for everything? Yeah, and he's delivered that under pressure. Absolutely under. brilliant. All right, time now for our champ of the week. And what a debut for Fremantle's Ryan Nyhouse. Not only did he manage to join the first kick, first goal club, he opened the scoring for the Dockers. Uh, kicking, what, four, four in all. It's the first time he's played as a forward, uh, coming in on the day of the match when Dave Mundy was crook. Uh, he kicked the winner as well, Kel. Uh, kicked a, it was a bit of a helicopter, the, the winner. Oh, but he did story. the job. Extraordinary. Uh, I was down in the rooms afterwards, interviewed him. He rang his mum the night before who was in Darwin and said, oh, the teammates think there's a chance I might play. Oh, she got on a 2am flight straight to Melbourne, hadn't slept, and here she was in absolute tears oh. taking photos of him. Great story. Mm. And he's a defender. That's he's brilliant. That's what's There's our champ of the week. There is our show. Thank you all so Thank much. You. Good luck, everybody, for tomorrow night. Go those blues. We'll see Jeez, you next mate. week. Stay tuned now for the encore of Kick and Chase. Queensland. <laughs>